Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpaste created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back for a brand new episode of The Witching Hour, our favorite hour of the week, and your favorite hour of the week. I know I'm putting words in your mouth, but I bet you it is. Hi, Hannah. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. Dewey, Dewey's a, a dangerous one today. Uh-oh. Do you know what I bought? I bought a, a standing desk, oh, and right. it's the exact same standing desk that I had in L.A., mm-hmm. And it's been four years since Dewey was able to use a standing desk as like a jungle gym. So if things crash in the background, it's got something to do with that. He is stoked, which makes me happy. And it doesn't matter if he interrupts our our cast, as long as he's a happy cat. I posted a video on my channel today that legit has him like crossing the frame. (laughs) And I found it kind of delightful. Um... So today's plan for Witching Hour is a news roundup because uh, there's not really many big horror releases this week. We have a really cool episode for a new release plan for you next week. And we just thought it would be a good time to catch up on everything doing in the genre right now. Yeah. But if you are, is it, am I right? If you are like in a drive-in area, Relic is out. That's true. Yeah. I so feel that more removed from that. I know, me too. I want to go to a drive. I do too. I I also just like I can't say drive in movie theater quickly. I always want to say drive through, but that's food. I'm always thinking about food. <laughs> well, we record at a very lunchy or dinnery time, depending on which coast you're on. No, we 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 record for me on the East Coast in like the black hole of only being able to think about the next meal. It's like after lunch has passed, all I think about is dinner. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. Um, we also have a mini review, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I hear you like cool. something I, crazy. I don't even know. Okay. Um, so yes, I will, I will kick off with that. Cause I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Just like low key, Netflix made a Juon series, and it wasn't like a secret or anything. It just felt like nobody really talked about that, which maybe because The Grudge didn't do so great earlier this year. But um, it is very interesting. I haven't fully completed it. I'm most of the way through it. 
believe it's six episodes, 30 minutes. And so it moves at quite a clip, but it's presented as the true story behind the grudge story. Um, And it is thus very dark and realistic and grim. And there is obviously some ghosty stuff, but it's not the, um, it's not really the emphasis of it. It's, it's not relying a lot on the hallmark imagery that we associate with the grudge franchise. Mm -hmm. It is like if that, if that genre had a horrific little baby with new French extremity, it would be something like this series. It is so violent. It is so grisly and gory but there is still the spooky ghosty, like slow burn thrills that I really like from the classic J horror movies. I don't, I'm really intrigued by it and I am enjoying it. And I was really quite into it, but then it, it went to a level of extreme violence that um, I'm not opposed to, but I haven't quite processed how I feel about it yet. And it okay. is definitely, uh, a lot of this is rooted in domestic violence against women over and over and over again, women and children. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to take. You know, a lot of those like curses and grudge stories often do begin with like a husband murdering his wife and his kid yeah. or something like that. Um, so you see that pretty intensely a lot. And Ooh. that's kind of what I'm processing is how fast I was watching the episodes and how many of those I saw culminating in this one that's just like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. So I extend a uh, enthusiastic interest in this show. I'm curious to see how they wrap it up. And I also extend an enthusiastic warning to people who do not like gore and extreme violence. You're probably not a regular listener of the show if you fall into that <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I think I recommend this to my casual fam who like kind of likes horror. Okay. I I think I might wait until you finish and further process before I bother jumping in. It's, it's well made really well acted. It is a lot to process. Come on, do no (laughs) hear him talk. I didn't. Oh, here he is. It's in here. I see. Yeah. Uh, if you do watch it, keep him handy to uh, soothe you. Oh, that's, I mean, he does come in handy for that reason. It does really help. Uh, I'm just like, I'm waiting to see if I should get into it, not just because of the sensitivity, but because of the millions of other things that I'm watching yeah. right now. Um, so well, I, I do really respect the tight episode run and 30 minute episodes, like just in any show, but especially if it's going to be that, uh, intense and kind of draining. So based on, based on your feelings about it thus far though, do you think that's, uh, too short of a running time? Like that's, that's hurting the content? No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's good. It, it's. Not a show you want to watch while doing other things. It's Mm -hmm. not going to tell you everything all the time. There are reveals of characters you met before who are older now, and you have to be paying attention to pick that up. And, um, but my point in bringing that up is that I think they do it quite well, the layering of it in the storytelling so that you don't need a ton of time to get the idea 
And it, it's still, it's still, it definitely is not as spooky as it is horrific. Um, but it does take time for the slow burn scares that we love from these types of movies. Okay. I'm into it. I'm, I'm definitely very curious. I think, uh, I think my schedule is first, I have to finish Stateless on mm-hmm. Netflix, which I believe. I think I'm allowed to lightly talk about right now, but just in case I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. But uh, <laughs> I am, the reason I'm watching that is I'm hoping to have a ladies' night episode with uh, Ivan Strahovski soon. So fingers yeah. crossed that happens. But that's that's, that's what I'm binging. Blanchett produced show, yeah. is that right? Cool. Yeah, nice. Um, I've only watched the first two episodes, so I've only gotten the little bit of Kate Blanchett that we get in episode one. But I'm I'm very curious to see where it goes from here well you know what let me hmm. stop like beating around the bush here and just double information. i want to say that i do appreciate that netflix is really like going for it with horror shows i don't know if you watched marianne last year that was grown oh, up and scary and that was on my list for so, so long. I actually am. Not that it's genre, really, but I am allowed to uh, review it as of July uh, 1st. So I'll just briefly tell you guys that I'm very intrigued. Again, I'm only I, I'm only two episodes into its six-episode run, and it's such a, like, especially the way the story is structured, it's a very complicated situation with a huge ensemble and a big cast, but the the general idea of it is it's about this immigration detention center in Australia and just how the people being held in that center are treated and what's going on and the whole system in that respect. And I, I'm very, very into it. And the performances are definitely a major highlight right now. But I'm, you know, I'm curious to see where it goes and how it winds up sticking a landing and what what specific points it really drills in by the end. Since we're just talking Netflix, have you uh, have you watched any of the new Babysitters Club? I haven't. Should I watch it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I should. It's so cute. Okay, so that's this weekend, and they definitely know their audience. Like, if you grew up with those books or the movie, you will love it. And but it's also just like such a cute teenage show. I think it's really well done. I put it on the other night, like. I just want to watch something that requires no effort from me emotionally or with my brain. And then I got totally sucked in and watched all of it. Um, I didn't grow up with the books because I didn't grow up reading, but I did <laughs> love the movie. Yeah. But I could, I could use a series like that in my life. And given the fact that we are still on the topic of Netflix, I actually have a news story that wasn't on the original list. Ooh. Into the Night is re- uh, renewed. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I, I'm so surprised I didn't get like a formal email blast about that. I the only know. reason I even knew is because after our interview, I followed Jason George on Instagram and he posted the video that's been going around. And even when I looked up on Twitter, I feel like, like I forget what country it was, but it was like the Netflix handle for a specific country that had the video. And that was it. But big news, good news. Very good news. Was it was it a Belgian show? Um, it, it definitely. Hold on, I could I could just <laughs> and stop guessing because I have my computer in my face right now. The internet skills. I, I did just share it. Sorry, my uh, dog's not being there. 
slowly, but I'm getting there. All right. It was Netflix Indonesia, actually. That's definitely not where the show was made. Yep, that's um, where I shared it from. That's interesting. Okay, fair enough. Very bizarre. But maybe it was a huge hit there. Um, yeah, actually, you never know. I am yeah. curious to see where it played best. It did not get traction here very much, unfortunately. But I don't care. I'm not going to shut up about it. <laughs> no, I keep like forcing it into every list we make on Collider. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, but we could put into the night on that list, like if we wanted to. Yep. And I'm always there to back you up. <laughs> I'll write it up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's some there's some good yeah, news. Yeah, that is great news. I want to tell me more about Laura. That's yes. Um, tell me more about pretty much every member of that ensemble (laughs) i don't even think even though laura is definitely a priority for me as well i don't think i could pick a single character to want more of i think she stands out because she was the one the whole first season where i was hoping she would get an intro story and never did that so she really stands out to me for that yeah that's that's a big thing and and jason george told me that that that's going to be a priority for the next season also like I just wound up being a big Rick fan by the end. One more of him. <laughs> I really like uh, He was the older gentleman, right? Yes, he was. Well, gentleman might be a stretch, but he got there. Um, well, yeah. That spoiled something. I cannot believe I did not recognize him from Borgen, a movie I loved, but he yeah, played yeah. such a different character. I know there's so much strength in Borgen and Rick is so weaselly at first. I, I just was like, yep. he's an incredible actor. Actors, actors with range like that blow my mind. And yeah. this is a very weird, bizarre leap for me to make, but you know who had that effect on me? Not necessarily with range, but where the performance was just so freaking good. My brain like couldn't compute it. Hmm. Leslie Odom Jr. in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I, I think he wound up being my favorite part of the whole show. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's unbelievable. He has the biggest load to carry in that show. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe how they portrayed Aaron Burr. I, I just, I didn't know that. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, so glad you've seen it now. I feel like at peace with the world. Well, by the end of the weekend, I'll have seen it twice because my my parents are all pissed that I watched it without them. So that's that's (laughs) our July 4th plans is we're going to all sit down and watch it together. Outstanding. I imagine I'll watch it seven times this weekend. Yeah, I I can't wait. You know, I've also, I never let myself listen to the music. I know. I got very stubborn about not being able to get tickets. So now, now I finally know and I understand. It's so good. It really I is. genuinely listen to at least a song from it every day of my life. Like I don't, I don't blame you. Part it's of that is definitely Spotify algorithm continuing to <laughs> feed me that because I listen to it so much, but I'm never like, nah, skip it. I think I need to watch it not even necessarily just one more time, but maybe multiple times before I could figure out what my favorites are. Cause it's just like every single time a song came and went and they come at you rapid fire in that show, okay. I would catch myself like replaying it. But then all of a sudden it was on to the next and then the next and then the next. And by the end, my, my head was just like ready to explode with music and I didn't know what my favorite was anymore. Yeah. I, I have taken such a journey on favorites. I think at this point, every single song has been my favorite at some point. 
Look what I got. I mean, <laughs> little raccoon tail. Such a weirdo right now. Um, do you want to walk us through the rest of our news stories? Sure, sure. Let's see. Um, we're going to decide what's next by whatever tab I opened first. <laughs> I like surprises. Uh, oh, yes. So the report uh, comes from Deadline, I believe, that, that New Line Cinema is likely to shift The Conjuring 3, The Devil they Made Me Do It, from September to 2021. Not a big surprise. No. I guess the interesting takeaway there for me is that Warner Brothers doesn't seem to want to lean too hard into the digital release strategy. They instead want to hold it for the promise of the future theatrical release, which makes sense. It's like their biggest horror franchise. Um, But I'm curious how Scoob did for them. I was just going to say, they did drop something, though. And it it was definitely Scoob. I think that was their their only big one as far as I remember at least I don't I don't remember if they ever released any you know numbers regarding Scoob but well because we know those releases were really big for Universal but maybe that didn't carry through by the time Scoob came out which was later I do wonder if um if maybe it was not necessarily a conjuring proper movie and it was a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Like actually, I mean, now that I'm saying that, I don't even think they would have done the nun like this. I don't think so. Especially maybe, since the nun made so much damn money. Exactly. But maybe, maybe something along the lines of a La Llorona. Mm-hmm. They, like, if, if that's the movie we were talking about right now, they would have released it on PBOD instead. But I don't know. Like, I'm still very confused about this market. And I would love to get more information on how movies like like Scoob and The King of Staten Island did just to get a, a like a better sense of the playing field right now and what's playing best yeah. when released at home. And I, I just also think that the confusion regarding reopenings and the back and forth that's happening right now, I don't think that's helping the theater industry at all. I have a feeling that once we get, you know, I don't think we're ever going to have a very clear sense of specifically where we're heading and when, but I think if we had even like, like a slightly clearer sense and people in their minds could more formally commit to, I'm going to wait for the theaters to open, or I'm just going to get used to watching stuff at home. It would make it easier for them to make these decisions, but we're so back and forth. Who knows what to think anymore? And that's just movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not even sad. I mean, I don't want to wait another year for it. I don't, I wonder if they'll push it up to an earlier spot or still hold it for the fall next year. Who knows? I Who think knows how that impacts the future of the Conjuring franchise since oh, yeah. it is a universe. Um, I would like to bet that they, uh uh-uh. This is what happens when thinking happens. Um, (laughs) I was about to say I would be surprised if they abandon that release date. Because not only has that proven very profitable for the Conjuring franchise, but also for Warner Brothers with the It movies. True. They essentially made that date a major moneymaker. And I don't think they're going to want to give it up. So for that reason, I think there's a good chance that the new Conjuring movie could land on that spot again next year. Mm -hmm. But... Who knows how the release calendar is going to be turned on its head? Yeah. And who knows the ripple effect? I mean, for I, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but for all we know, you know, the same box office trends might not hold for 2021 and we might not get back to it for years to come. So I don't know. 
And I, I'm I'm going to be fascinated when theaters do open back up and I start to do my box office predictions again because uh-huh. so much of those predictions is reliant on trends. Mm-hmm. And those trends have been obliterated. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, there's a big part of me that thinks most people will be reluctant to go back to a theater until we have a vaccine. But once we have a vaccine, there's a part of me that thinks people will want to go way more than they did before. I wonder. I wonder. I I certainly feel like a desire to go do all the things I took for granted. And now for me, that's not going to a movie theater since we did that about once or twice a week. But, you know, concerts, things like that, that I didn't do when I had the chance. I'm very mixed. I'm very mixed on it. Like, I think if anything, this whole experience is making my brain process things in two different extremes. There are certain regular activities that I'm like, I didn't even need to do that to begin with. Like, I don't need to get that many manicures, you know? Oh, that definitely. Although I, I surely would love a pedicure. I won't lie. That that would be lovely. Yeah. Um, like, that, that was a routine thing for me that I don't know if I'll ever get back to. But then, then again, with something like concerts, I've caught myself thinking, well, I didn't really experience enough of them before. Actually, maybe that's the divide more so than anything. It's the things that I felt like I didn't do enough of before that I'm more driven to do now versus the things that became routine. And I never realized that I could live without them because they were routine. I think that's exactly right. And another element for me is things that are socially based and being with people you love versus things that are me centric. Like I want to spend a lot less time with me in the future and more time with the people I love. I like that thought. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do love my manicures and I miss my fancy pointy nails. Oh, yes. You always are just that. nails. Those are functional tools and I can't get into that. Yes. Very frustrating. First world of the first world is problems. But I absolutely agree that at no point during this has that been something where I'm like, gosh, I'm just going to die if I can't get my next manicure. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that I'm I'm proud of myself for functioning without right now. Yeah. Oh, another one similar though. I really don't care about makeup at all, and I love makeup like as an art. I'm I've always been fascinated by it, and I like to buy products and play with them, even though I don't really wear much makeup. Uh, I have no interest in buying any more makeup for like the rest of my life. Right now. I have no interest in pants. Oh no, no, never. <laughs> but seriously every video i do guys i'm either wearing sweatpants or pajama pants oh today's pajamas (laughs) um and sweatpants right now because i'm going over to lonnie's for dinner tonight oh lovely yeah so i i needed to be set like at least like dressed like even though that's not really getting dressed it's just not being ready for bed practically formal wear these days exactly really they're black (laughs) so they're they're nicer they fancy um what else what else was on the news let's uh i I will close out the the conjuring discussion with this quote that i quite enjoyed these release dates are as firm as jello yes (laughs) is that how deadline put it i believe it's one of the the quotes from a source oh okay i like that source yeah so Newsy, newsy. Um, let's uh, let's talk about that beach house trailer. Okay. Yeah. 
I am very intrigued by this movie, which I believe opened Brooklyn Horror Fest yeah. last year. It was something and that has pretty solid buzz around it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that makes me a little more hopeful. I wasn't aware of the buzz. <laughs> I just knew it had come out before, but you know, that I, I don't think the, the hook was well represented enough in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, as I was watching it, other than the fact that I really like uh, Liana Liberato, and I think she's a great young actor, there was nothing in it that made me think I hadn't seen that before. I mean, maybe maybe it was also just a result of them avoiding spoilers in a trailer, which obviously I can respect, but there wasn't anything grabby in there. Well, I'll tell you, and as soon as I say the word, you're going to be like, oh yeah, of course you're interested. Uh, what I've heard is that it's kind of a Lovecraftian thing. Well, that, you know, you know what's funny is when they when they see the stuff, uh-huh. my mind immediately. I mean, not just to Lovecraft in general, but I immediately thought of uh, Color Out of Space. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So that that always appeals to me. And I've read some. I've read some really excited reviews from the festivals I went to. And cool. Yeah, I agree. The trailer wasn't all that. What I did find funny about the trailer is it's definitely a post-hereditary trailer with those music cues. <laughs> they are. I think I know what you mean with that, but I'm going to rewatch it too. You should. It's very <laughs> you. All right. All right. I'm going to rewatch that. But just because the movie itself doesn't look hereditary-ish. No, at not at all. I mean, yeah. like, like the color palette and the style and the atmosphere couldn't be more polar opposite. Right. But the fact that it's a, a shutter release too always makes me a little more interested. Yeah. I, I have a I like how they curate. Yeah, I was just gonna say they have a good radar for curation. Same brain. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys haven't seen the trailer, you should check it out before it lands on shutter and it's uh Ooh, opinions on dogs. Uh is everyone barking? That was several, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Right, it's it's people at a beach house, as you might suspect, and there's some gooey, diseasey situation happening that apparently has a Lovecraftian bent to it. So I'm very intrigued. I am, I am intrigued as well. You I just realized we should, we should really pick a new time to record next week because this is always going to happen because the gardener's here. Oh, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the benefit of uh, living in a room with a cat who doesn't bark. Right. We, we will talk to you sometimes. Tell a little meep. Yeah. Well, got, yep. He doesn't have the widest vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay, this one was fun. This Killer Camp trailer. Okay. It's a, a CW reality series that sort of takes inspiration, let's say, from the slasher movies of the 80s. And I don't know, that, first of all, felt to me like sort of your dream competition show for you to participate in. Please. <laughs> that was my first thought when I started reading about it was how am I not on this show? Yeah, exactly. Where everyone on it is British. Oh, well, boo hiss. But that that was the other thing that I was thinking about 
right out the gate when just reading about it and not even necessarily seeing the trailers. It, fe- it does feel like a missed opportunity to trick people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like all those people thought they were going to... And I get why they do this. All those people thought that they were just going to a usual summer camp to do some sort of reality show. But imagine if, like... I mean, for all I know, maybe they curated the cast this way, but I feel like it'd be more exciting for slasher movie fans to watch that with people with some knowledge That's of true. classics. And for for all I know, maybe that is part of casting an ensemble is they did pick a couple of people who expressed, you know, being in that fandom. But maybe they they wanted to evoke more of the sort of like earnest style of those 80s slashers. And then season two will be the meta version with the people who know horror. Like Can they her. call me for that? <laughs> I did love in the description, where was the line that made me laugh? Ah, (laughs) this sounds straight out of like a parody. The object of the game is to earn cash while avoiding being killed and therefore eliminated from the game. (laughs) Oh, there's another thing. Oh, so it's like the trailer was fine, but I didn't even need the trailer. Like I could totally picture the concept based on the synopsis and the CW alone. And the thing that I'm more curious about is what these kills look like. Like, I almost wish they teased that part of it a little more so I could have been like, whoa, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I don't really know how to picture it right now. It's it's very easy to see how it was greenlit, because like you said, you get it instantly. You're like, oh, yeah, really good idea. Um. But I guess I was, I'd have to agree, more drawn to the headline than the trailer itself. I mean, I'll I'll check it out. I don't really watch reality TV, so I don't imagine I'll make it very far, but I am curious about it. I only watch reality TV on Netflix now. Yeah. Oh, I do cooking shows. Does that count? No, that counts. That counts. Maybe I'll make an exception for this one. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I'm a little curious. It's cute. I like the idea. But they probably are going to get a one-episode trial from me. I just yeah. everyone's all into that Flora's Lava thing. Ugh, I did not enjoy that at all. Really? I, no. I haven't actually given it a chance. I just wanted to be aware what it wa- what it was. So I scrubbed through a little bit of an episode. And it, that also seems like a show I would want to be on. But I haven't watched a full, like a full edited episode yet. So I don't, I don't know. know why it didn't work for me. I used to love the, what was the one we had when we were kids? Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple. I was thinking of Legends, but yes, Guts too. I love that stuff. But I, maybe I'm just too old because I was watching this like, what a goofy ass thing. Apparently, mm-hmm. though, it's shot in the old Ikea in Burbank. So how about that? In the old Ikea? I, that's what I read on Twitter. Where's the old Ikea? Um, oh, I know where it is. Interesting. Is not the one by work, right? Or no, it's by work. It is by work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's by work, but the other direction. Ah. Like, yeah. The real one. There's like the, the open one and then there's the closed one. Right. Right. Very local yeah. reference points. Here. With shows like that, reality game shows like that, my interest in them usually is very well connected to do I want to be on that show and do that thing. And the floor is lava does sound like and look like a thing that I would want to do. The only thing I enjoyed was one of the, I think it was the very first team. The mom 
like was so goofy and when someone went under the lava like totally played it like they were in a movie and they just lost someone to lava that was very enjoyable she was a real goofball and i like that and he's really good core strength (laughs) you see dewey just like so intensely making biscuits on my leg oh boy he's just like he's just like a busy little bee today look at him This is, a terrible, this is a terrible angle. No time for you to work. He has to work. I know. You must I, make biscuits. Oh, now he's gone. He's mad. <laughs> no pictures, please. <laughs> what's, um, what's next on the list? Yeah, before I move on, there are like so many of these weird game shows right now that are, I don't know, just taking things to a somewhat absurd. Like holy moly. Yeah. I want to play holy moly. <laughs> I'm a pretty good putter now. Are you? So my my golf game, I'm definitely weakest in the short game. But like I hit I hit I don't a know what that mean, is. I hit a mean five wood off the tee, but I've hit it really freaking far. Um but my short game usually sucks. And you know how like you hold a putter like this? Oh yeah. I, well, I went through a phase where this never happened. Only people who play golf are going to get this. Whenever I would do a practice putt, it would go fine. But then when I was doing it for real, right before I would connect with the ball, my right hand would wobble a little. Like it would be like, woo, and it would it would go. I felt like that was a uh, an insidious noise I just made. Um, <laughs> but um. Because of that, I was never hitting a straight putt. And what I did, and it's worked, is instead of holding this is this is terrible. Instead of holding the the putter righty, now I've switched and I hold it lefty and I turn my right hand around and it can't wobble anymore. And my, my putting has improved tenfold. That's a pro tip for you guys. So I should be on holy moly. Yes. <laughs> well, and then there's one. Coming up, that's produced by Ryan Reynolds and stars or is hosted by Adam Scott, and it's called Don't. And I guess it's just like Adam Scott tells them what they can or cannot do. And that is what we have really weird game shows right now, is what I'm saying. Well, like uh, Dishmantled on Quibi, the best one, (laughs) best thing on Quibi, without question. For anyone Uh, who doesn't know what that show is, I love explaining it. Are you ready? So the show involves two contestants, and it's a cooking show, and the contestants stand in front of food cannons, and what comes out of the food cannon and into their face is the ingredients for a certain recipe, and they basically have to, you know, taste everything that's, like, stuck to the wall and on them and figure out what to cook, and whoever cooks closest to the recipe in the food cannon wins. It's freaking genius. It's psychotic. I, love I will say it's harder for me to watch in this era because they're like taking food off the walls. Oh, I know. Yeah, and- that has to be a clean room. I know, I know. But you know, just how we are with hand washing and everything right now, it's it's a lot. Well, I, I see it in everything I watch now. Oh, like, yeah. Anytime just people casually share food, I'm like, no. Like if you go to a buffet, I'm like, no, don't do that. I know, because I, I do like to watch the cooking shows and the food travel shows, 
and especially the travel food shows, they're always sharing food, like passing around a piece of meat and not. I'm not a good food sharer anyway. So I feel <laughs> like that part of this is fine by me. Oh, got a little floaty thingy. Okay. <laughs> I just like a piece of cotton emerged in the air. Who can tell that it's the end of a work week and the start of a long weekend? <laughs> oh, Maggie, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. She, she's ready to go party. All right. I think this next one is pretty fun. Uh, there's a rumor going around about the new Evil Dead movie. You were going there. Yeah. I mean, we're almost out. But yeah, uh, supposedly called Evil Dead Rise, and there's a rumor that it's going to take place in like a skyscraper. It's very interesting, um, and definitely makes me more intrigued by the movie than just another trip to a cabin in the woods. That's fair. I don't know. I'm like in the, I'm I'm in the middle on it, and every single time I have any doubts, I just think. Lee Cronin. We're all going to be okay. Um, but if that is the route that he goes with it, I am going to believe in his instincts and trust him. <laughs> I, I guess what you just said is probably true for me. The idea of such a drastically different setting does appeal to me because I like new, fresh things. But I also immediately, you know, put the the raid filter over it. And then essentially we had, or, or even Train to Busan, was on a train. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to be just the concept of deadites in its all building, you know? I don't hate it. The two movies you just named, I absolutely fucking love those movies. That's so, like, fair. that That's actually sounds like it would own to me. And uh, also, I would evoke the platform in terms of movies that have used this structure recently that we love. Okay. Uh, and I think there's something about, you know, as the platform showed very well, uh, there is an inherent, like, thematic value to things that are layered and going, if you want to use that for storytelling, like, top to bottom is a very clear visual. Here, Here's a difference, though, between this movie and Train to Busan and The Raid is this movie also has to hold tight to the mythology created before. And I don't mean that the entire thing needs to be dictated by it and shackled to it. I think there is great opportunity to get creative, but if you don't do certain nods to the evil dead that came before, like what, what are deadites then anymore? You know, like, I feel like there has to be a certain amount of connectivity there. Yeah. I don't, I guess I just don't see why, being in a skyscraper would eliminate those things. It, it wouldn't necessarily eliminate those things. I think the point I'm more so trying to make is I hope it doesn't necessarily feel like it could be boiled down to zombies on a train. Like as in just that high concept that it, that it can be that, but still feel like evil dead. I think that's more of a challenge than just taking a subgenre and sticking it in a location. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 curious and it's super duper a rumor. This is like not oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh just for clarity. We're just all in. I've met Jimmy a couple times and he's a really like cool guy. I like him, but I I I don't know about 
you know, his news gathering skills or anything yeah, like this that. This is not so a I news know. report. This is two friends going, would it be cool if it was in a skyscraper? You never know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what we're doing here, not that he's not reporting. I will not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do. I, I like the idea that they're just not trying to do the same thing again. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I really like the remake. But, like, I got from that pretty much what I need from a more gruesome, updated Cabin yeah. in the Woods thing. Yes. I'm I'm hopeful that Lee's going to embrace the comedy a little more. Yeah, me too. Which is funny because, like, The Hole in the Ground is not a funny movie. Oh, my God, no. That is yeah. very dark <laughs> and dreary and scary. Um, well, I don't know. Sometimes when you go that dark, there's almost, like, a tinge of humor inherent in it. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel about Hereditary, which everyone's like, that's not funny. And I'm like, it is super funny at times. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like maybe that, that thought process is a fallback. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Actually, I was going to say something else with that. Mm. Mm. This has something, something to do with tone. I can't remember. Well, I will say, jumping off of what you just said, there definitely is that inherent connection between comedy and horror. Um, and the sort of two sides of the coin of our, our guttural oh, yeah. reactions we can't control, basically. So I, I do find that, you know, if you can do one, you have a better shot at being able to do the other. No, that's true. I mean, it, it also speaks to our gut reaction to scary things when you're seeing it in a theater. It's like you might scream, but odds are you're going to laugh at yourself after. Yeah. Well, I was, I was not screaming like, ah, but definitely screaming like oh fuck you what are you doing oh my god at the new grudge series yeah, i had a feeling that was probably yeah. a reaction to that i can't I, i'm definitely i think i'm gonna watch it no matter what you should it's worth you i mean long too much not i'm not uh well i'm not gonna get into my feelings on that right now but <laughs> <laughs> let's just say i'm not the person who's like some people aren't strong enough to watch movies of this content type feeling, but definitely like if you are going to be upset by scenes of domestic violence, that's worth considering. Okay. Um, other than that, like if you can take it for a horror movie, which again, I feel like everyone listening to this probably can. It, it's definitely effective. I'm in. I was shouting, a hooting and a hollering. Just, no! I don't know! <laughs> that is my favorite thing i think about having to watch everything at home now is i talk to my tv so much um i think i'm talking to my ipad more than anything yeah. i tend to watch everything like late at night in the dark in my room nice. that sounds like a really sad visual no i watch everything in the dark in my room alone with my cat <laughs> That is my life right now, though. I think it's very relatable. Okay. I, I, I appreciate that, Haley. Thank you. <laughs> Do we have I, anything else left on the list? I could not be screaming at my TV if I was not alone in my room, okay? This is not something I do when I'm watching with family. How rude. Well, I did, no, I did that a little last night. Uh, you know what, what me and the, the parents watched last night? Hmm. We watched Death Sentence. Oh, fun. Which... Yeah, like, I like, I can't even remember when I first saw that movie, but that is, uh, that is mighty brutal. 
It sure is. There were a couple of bits in that movie where, like, I verbally, like, out loud said, like, like whoa. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Did you like it? Yeah, quite a yeah, bit. Sure. I think it goes off the rails story-wise. Sure. And the there's, there's like, a theme that kind of gets lost in the end, but I still really liked it. Yeah, that kind of got done a little dirty, I felt. Yeah, yeah, because I, I looked it up after and what the general consensus was, and that, that, that doesn't seem fair. No, not quite. But weren't they, they're coming off dead silence, kind of a... I know, I know. Yeah, there was a taste in people's mouths. I don't even hate dead silence. No, I don't either. I don't, I don't love it. But, uh, you know, uh, death sentence is a lot of, uh, you know, typical James Wan and what he does best. I think, you know, some of the best stuff in there is probably, you know, obviously the gore and stuff, but the, the camera work. There's so there's so much of his signature style in there, and I also think the score in that is fantastic. I don't remember the score. I'll have to check that out. It's it's real real effective. There's a couple themes in there that I was surprised. Like I always get surprised in uh, brutal action movies like that when you actually have a moment to sit and process the score and it gets stuck in your head. Hmm. Like, there were certain themes that were following me all throughout the movie, and I appreciated that. Well, that's cool and unexpected. Yeah. I uh, I do like it as a, when people were, how could James Wan direct a Fast and the Furious movie? You know, back in the day, I was like, somebody didn't see it. Yeah, especially with the cars. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's two completely different things, though, when you think about the scale of the production and the franchise oh, element of it. But there are definitely some similarities there. Yeah. And it is like a very, again, graphic action movie. But it definitely was an early career suggestion that he had ambitions beyond straight up horror. Yeah. Tis a nasty, nasty movie, though. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I definitely have a declining tolerance for gore in certain contexts. Like, it's not that I can't enjoy it anymore or that I don't enjoy it anymore, but when there's a certain amount of cruelty to it, I think I just wow. I, you you feel different about things when you're older. You see more real life horror. You have a better sense of mortality, and you're like, oh, that's fucking terrible. I mean, I would say that the uh, the violence in Death Sentence is cruel, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's the same way I would assess something like Saw. It like it makes me. I understand why people do this, but it makes me a little annoyed when it's reduced to just torture porn because mm-hmm. I view torture porn as violence for the sake of violence and nothing more. You are watching this because you enjoy watching that. I think both movies, it's violence with purpose that serves the story, and with Saw in particular, like it serves a bigger purpose for the characters involved too. It's like there is a point to everything that's happening, and. I do think that the later Saw movies kind of use and abuse it for the sake of starting a franchise, but where it all began with the original one, there was a lot of thought behind that, and I don't think it's fair to just label it torture porn and throw it in that pile. I also think people who do that probably haven't watched it in a long time because it's not really that violent. Uh, it's It has scary concepts of violence more than it actually shows that violence yeah it's a lot more to the imagination where like you said the later films were just well yeah well i also think that another thing that tends to happen is whenever there's any kind of like mutilation 
like very deliberate mutilation, whether it's self or done by someone else, that also tends to get just like hurled into the torture form pile without any edit thought. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned one, was it last week, that definitely for me is like torture porn, which would be touristas. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) That goes there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you can't call anything that. Some things are. But uh, no, not the first one. That that one does. Maggie. <laughs> we'll not do this again during uh gardening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh that was my bad. I should have thought about that. It's hilarious. We were like, I'm gonna share a little behind the scenes with you guys. We we're like, we we really need to lock down like one time a week to film this, you know, barring our work requirements. Yeah. Of course we picked garden time. Scheduling is so hard. It really is. We also Especially have- right now. There's yeah. no weekly regular. Well, I think uh, one of the things that's really turned my schedule on its head is that I'm not in my space right now either. And oh, it's I like, bet. my family has their schedule. It's like, this thing is done on this day. Like, vacuuming happens on this day. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just need a little quiet for an hour. Yeah, that's... The, the dogs bark that's when they want to bark. <laughs> I am happy to be in my, my very loud, but my room. <laughs> the dogs bark when they want to bark, and Dewey does what he wants to do. And for that reason, Haley, you have to watch The Collider Connected with Asa Butterfield because there is so much cat in that video. It's amazing. Oh, and you said he's a big cat person, right? He is. He is. So I, I feel like Dewey was drawn to him, and he's just like all <laughs> over the video. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, well... We don't have any more, like, discussion-y things. Not really, but there were a couple of things we wanted to flag. Um, A24 is finally releasing that Midsummer Director's Cut on Blu-ray and not just, like, Apple TV or whatever it was on. Um, so I'm super excited about that. It has some beautiful-looking art at, you know, A24. They of do what they do. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, because it is A24, it's expensive. Um, can I go down another topic really quick? Speaking yeah. of art, did you see the poster for Amulet? I did. Oh, my God. Nice. It is so good. It, the movie or, or the poster? Well, I, I, re- I did really like the movie. I actually never even watched the trailer because it, I guess because I've seen the movie. I don't know. But I did see the poster on Twitter, and it's freaking stunning. Oh my goodness. Your dogs are so excited about the amulet poster. They loved it. Yes, actually. Um, you know, I exclusively premiered that poster. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That was our exclusive? Yeah. The only reason I noticed that was because the distributor tagged me in the poster. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to look. I should have I should have shared your article and not their tweet. That's all good. Um, go look it up. But yes, just because I said it, the uh, Midsummer is $45, so save up, because A24 wants all your money. My quote's on that poster, too. Yes, it is. I was was just so focused on the design and the the (laughs) color and the color of the text and everything. No, your review's quoted in there. I gotta, like, print this out and hang it up. Especially because I'll... I just love Imelda Staunton, and I'll hang up anything that she's in. I love her. 
She's so good. She's incredible. She's never not good. Truly, I can't think of one time like that. Well, she didn't bring it that one. No. Yeah, I I don't think there's anything on her resume like that if if I had that right now. All right. And so the other thing we wanted to just flag, just because we're doing a news rundown, is there was a tiny little new Candyman teaser about 30 seconds. A lot of it we've seen before, but it did kind of incorporate that incredible stop motion cutout animated thing prologue that they did uh, with some shots from the movie. And it continues to look dope as hell. Oh, I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah. I really, that's, we're like, these aren't really discussion things because I don't have anything to say other than hell yeah. Yeah, but it's worth bringing up in case. Yeah, exactly. We're just letting you know in case you missed it. In case you missed that, there's this gorgeous new midsummer thing. That I was just flipping through the art. It really is beautiful. That's how they can charge you forty five dollars because you're like, wow, it really wow. is beautiful. That definitely adds to it. It is beautiful. I'm watching the. Uh, I'm watching the. Uh, the gif that they posted, and it mm. is uh, something else. They they know how to market those guys. They do. They do. I mean, they especially know what they're doing with their artwork also, just in general. Yeah. And I, I guess that also, you know, automatically connects to they know what they're doing as far as aligning themselves with particular directors who have an eye for that. But it, it's also nice to know that a, a, a distributor actually has the, the creative backing to support that kind of work. So I applaud A24 all day long. They're very fascinating. Um, you know, as all things are, it's not just like a effort of love. This is very much a business. And it's interesting to read about, you know, the principles of their business, which is built off of sort of as exclusivity and prestige and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like fancy shit. What's that called? Luxury. Luxury items. Um <laughs> So it's it's interesting, their model. It clearly works. All of their shirts sell out. I That's have no doubt true. this really will sell out. I really um, that it will. Yeah, it's very... I'm always impressed by them, I'll say. Yeah. Even if I'm like, how dare you charge $70 for a hoodie? I want one. <laughs> but I refuse. I refuse. I, I'm very tempted by the hoodie because oh, so. I have a collection of them and I don't need more, but that means I do need more. The most wonderful thing for me is that every time I'm about to break, it's already sold out. Okay. That's yeah. like me and Mondo posters. Ah. <laughs> I'll find the one I want and thankfully it'll be sold out. <laughs> I do not have a poster thing, fortunately. Oh God, I'm so happy for you because yeah. I'm <laughs> I went through a phase too where I would buy them like for my parents' house. Like I think I got it from ah. Home Alone one for my parents as a gift, but it was like more of a gift for me than it was for them. <laughs> it does look beautiful though. Like now that I'm living in the house all the time and I walk in and I see it, like I think I got them pretty cool artwork. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> all right. That's our news rundown episode. That's what we got. That's what we got. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And guess what we got next week? It's the big Relic episode. So do check out Relic. It is going to be available in select drive-in theaters 
this weekend and then next weekend you can get it on VOD and I highly recommend watching it because when we drop that episode it's going to be half non-spoilers with director Natalie Erica James and then half spoilers and trust me when I tell you you're going to want to hear about that spoiler content so yeah she was so generous and insightful it was so generous wonderful open chat about like all the nitty-gritty themes and mechanics of making the movie it's wonderful you are not going to want to miss that You're also not going to want to miss out on all the wonderful stuff that Haley writes up, like the exclusive amulet poster we wrote up (laughs) that I didn't see. So Haley, where did it be like Carrie? Well, you know what it was too, is that I missed that, but I knew Jeff was writing up the trailer. I feel Ah. like that's the effect of like nonstop slack. Like some things catch your eye and some things don't. And for whatever trailer did. Kidding. We have a busy slack. My goodness. Just Um, You can find my much less busy Twitter account at Haley Fouch and my Instagram at Haystack McGroovy and my letterbox also at Haley Fouch. And you can catch uh, me on Twitter and Instagram, both at P. Nemroff. And why don't you go check me out on TikTok too? I'm trying. I think my handle there is, it's either P. Nemroff or Perry Nemroff. I don't know. I can't be that hard to find. So (laughs) there you guys go. Hope you had a good time. You have officially survived the witching hour. Hey, little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpaste created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back.